Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 31 of the Golden Goal Podcast. It is January 15th. Hope you all are doing well. Your hump day. You got over the hump this work week. Um, got a new episode for you. Uh, a little bit of a change of pace today. We've got a guest on. Uh, before we get to who our guest is, uh, Javi, how are you? I am doing swell, man. It's like you said, it's hump day. Weekend is almost here. Thank God. Um, we got some footy news to talk to you guys about. And as well, like Lee said, we had a special guest on tonight's episode. Um, Jerry Mancini, who is from Toronto. Um, go Canada. Eh? And um, <laughs> he is a big Serie A fan. Um, big Lazio fan. Uh, of course, also loves Toronto. But he had a lot of good insights about the Serie A um, Lazio season. Uh, the downfall of AC Milan. So it was nice to have uh, someone else with a little bit of, um, with a little bit more um, opinions and views on a different league besides EPL. Because obviously here we just cover mostly EPL, but we do cover like other leagues around the yeah. world, but not as in detail as said uh, Jerry Mancini. Yes, yes. So we're gonna keep this really short, twenty minutes or so. We're only gonna go into depth uh, on one Premier League game from the weekend go into one game preview for this coming weekend and then fire right through the uh, uh, the game the, the rest of the Premier League games yeah. then um, some maybe some extra touches as well from the past weekend and maybe an extra touch yeah, yeah. or two uh, to tickle your ear hair but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Jerry Mancini coming up in the second half of the uh, episode here so stay tuned for that uh, but moving right along um, some footy this weekend. The really, do you want to go into the highlight game first? Or you want to save that for last? Uh, we'll save it for last. Okay, Let's save it for last. So Arsenal back to Arsenal ways. They tied Crystal Palace. Aubameyang gets sent off for what I thought was a pretty nasty challenge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much deserving of a red in my book. Um, and Arsenal back to their ways. Still, still no consistency there. Still no, they still have not gone on a run. No, no. And they're still in what tenth place? Uh, yes, yes they are tenth in place. tenth place. Crystal Palace is ahead of them. Yeah, shit. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't watch this game. Um, I well, I actually, I didn't watch it because I thought Arsenal were gonna win. Um, that wasn't the case, obviously. Uh, but yeah, that Aubameyang challenge was rough. Um, it was definitely a red card. I think it took, it went to VAR, right? It got changed I to red. So. Um, so actually, those one of the nice times when VAR comes to use, right? Is, it's uh, rare, but it happens. <laughs> it's rare, people. It's rare. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, yeah. Not, I don't. We don't want to get into this game too much. But I mean, like you said, I I still think that that defense is just you know still really poop, bro. With Tierney out as well, um, they don't really have like a good left back option there. Um, I don't really know if Bellerin is injured. Has he been playing? I don't. I don't really know. I think he's injured I think he's again. Injured again. But so, Maitland Niles is probably their best. Their best defender right now. Agreed. Best starting defender at least. Yeah. Um. And the next game up, Burnley versus Chelsea. Uh. One quick thing on Burnley. I think they're one of the few teams in the league that have not taken like a single point off the top six teams. If they come up against anyone top half of the table, they lose. They are, like, only able to beat bottom feeders, basically, and Chelsea fucking gave it to them. <laughs> um, dominant performance. Uh, Burnley only had a couple shots on goal, and Tammy Abraham, 
Hudson Adoy gets it on the scoring. Pulisic is actually out for like four weeks with a hammy thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that sucks. And a rare clean sheet for Chelsea. So that's saying something if you can't score against Chelsea because yeah. they are rough at the back. Christensen was in the back this game. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Burnley stink. Uh, Sean Deitch doesn't have much to work with. Um, they are lingering just above relegation zone. Yeah, they def- I think they're definitely going to be contenders to, for getting relegated. They're just – I mean, they, I wouldn't even say they're defensively sound. I mean, they're hard to score against, but not, not – they're a lot easier to score against than, say, like a Sheffield, where I think the difference between, like, Sheffield and Burnley lies is how – I guess it's their style of play. Like, Burnley, the only way they really score is through, like, some mistake from the other team or, or just, like, piece. or a set piece. And they play, it's kind of like a rugby-esque style like soccer. It's just very, like, rugged, very, um, I mean, not appeasing to the eye, to say no. the least. Um, no, not at all. Uh, so, whereas I think... Kind of she- like uh, kind of like everything about the club, like where it is in the country. It's just, like, it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like, turf I, more. I don't know, I don't, like, the name, like, everything about Burnley. And this is not even the, like, shit on Burnley or anything. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's not, just a block it's, it's, club. It's a very block club, but it kind of reminds me of, like, Viking age. Like, just, like, they have that Viking-type mentality yeah. attitude, like... They're not pretty. They have a ginger coach. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. I don't know, man. So, I mean, it, I I mean, it'd be awesome to see Burnley again, uh, make that run like they did what like a couple of years ago where they got like seventh place or something like that. Yeah, they don't spend any money. They have essentially the same exact team as they had last. Yeah, year. yeah. So I mean, you know, so, I don't, I don't know, man. They could they could definitely get relegated. They're probably in the in that mix for super sure. Super boring to watch. Wouldn't even get mad if they got relegated. Uh, but the next game up. Everton squeak out a win against Brighton. Uh, your guy Richarlison, who you said a few weeks ago, what he's scored I, in a couple games now. What did I tell you, man? I told you. Yeah. Get him on the, your uh, fantasy team. I'm telling the, you guys. Uh, he stepped up when Calvert-Lewin, has his hype has kind of died down a little bit. Um, I will say, since Ancelotti has taken over, Everton's gotten way better at the back. Um, they still... Don't pour in goals by any chance, by any means, but they're way better at the back, and that's exactly what they needed if they were going to grind out wins like this because they couldn't keep a clean sheet worth a damn nope. uh, before. And they have a decent side, um, but, yeah, still not convincing from Everton, but obviously better uh, than what we saw at the beginning of the season. Now they're into 11th, 28 points. Yeah, yeah. Uh you know, I, I definitely I agree with you. They, it's it, it's by no means like you know like oh my god they're like gonna make like a huge turnaround. But it's definitely you know it's definitely the building blocks for next season, for sure. This uh this second half of the season is kind of ha- gonna set the stone for them how they want to what kind of team they want to be uh, next year, right? It'll be a and big offseason. It, it'll be, for them. yeah, that's it'll be. A and big they're gonna have to open up the checkbook. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and I, and I think they, I think they will. I mean, they have in the past. I don't see why not, especially if they want to rebuild why they shouldn't, especially now with a more competent coach. Um, they should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the surprise result, well, kind of a surprise result, result, Southampton over Leicester on the road. If, if I would have said to you, or if someone would have said to me that, at this point in the season, given how they started, um, that Southampton would have more points in their last five games than 
everybody in the table outside of Watford and Liverpool, <laughs> I would have laughed in your face. Yeah. This is the same team who got absolutely embarrassed at home, nine nothing to this Leicester side. And they went to Leicester and they won went two to one. Leicester. Won two Danny one. Ings, another goal. Dude's popping off. Looking at looking at an England call up at this rate because yeah. Harry Kane's gonna be out for the Euros, it looks like. Yep, yep. And and, it, and if he can do it on a rainy night at Southampton, I mean shit. Yeah, that's he could, right. He could do rainy it. night on the South Coast. <laughs> he could uh he could do it. He could do it in the big stage, perhaps. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to be their starter. Uh, it's a little bit premature, but he's definitely given the idea, and he's given himself a shout yeah. for a call-up. No, I agree. I mean, especially with this team that they have. I mean, this Southampton team. They've, there's been a lot of good Southampton teams, Southampton teams in the past. This this so this couple couple of years though, everyone's bought their best players. Yeah. Either they went to Liverpool or. They went to Man U. I mean, they went all over the place. Liverpool has mostly all the Southampton players, but they do. Um, but you know, this this team hasn't been anything, uh, nothing to brag home about. But Danny Ings, man, he's just he's slotting them in. And I'll say this about Leicester: I'm predicting Leicester to uh, fall off here in this second half of the season. Not to like, not to the point where they fall out of top four or anything like that. Um, but they're not they're not going to be the team that they were in the first half of the season. Um, I I just don't see it happening, and we're kind of seeing signs already. And I and I think um, that loss at home to Liverpool, what was it, three zero? Was it three zero? Might have been four zero. Was it three or four zero? Um, I wouldn't say it. It. I mean, it kind of did kill their morale as far as like Arnold broke them. I mean, it, you know, it's for and for Leicester. I mean, you got to think of of it in in this uh, in this sense. You know, this is a really good season, regardless. Of whether they get second or fourth, right? Getting to the top four, this is a really that's a really good result for for Leicester, you know. Um, yeah. But that uh, when they got donged at home by Liverpool, and I think it really kind of just put things into reality that you know we're not there yet. You know, who knows? Maybe they could get there, but I just kind of think that that kind of slowed the boat a little bit, kind of like a. You know, put them back into reality for the second yeah, half of the season. Yeah, run them back down to earth a little bit for sure. Um, and then United finally take care of business for a change for nothing. Um, really not going to say anything about that. Yeah. Uh, Wolves Newcastle, Miguel Almiron scores in consecutive games. Uh, happy for him. Used to play in MLS. He actually scored an FA Cup this week as well. Um, didn't see. I, I didn't see Newcastle going into the Molyneux and getting a point, given how bad they've been recently. But surprise point for them. Um, and then before we get to uh, Tottenham, Liverpool, Watford, three nothing, another win. Only Liverpool have uh, more points in their last five games as than Watford do, and yeah. Southampton have the same amount of points. Can't believe it. They're back. Troy Deeney is back. This team is, this team's on the up and up, and then Bournemouth, ish. Man, they're rough bad. times. They're bad, and Ake was back for this game too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't really know. I, I just think. I mean, Eddie Howe, I think, has been a really good coach. He's he's done some really good things at Bournemouth. I I feel yeah. like, but but I feel like a team like Bournemouth is probably his ceiling, and he's showing that now. Yeah, yeah. Um. Things have gotten a little stale. Things have gotten a little bit stale. And I wouldn't say maybe it's all his fault. I mean, maybe Bournemouth didn't do a lot to sign some players. But at the same time, you got to think, like, I look at this Bournemouth team as far as, like, their attack. I mean, they got um, 
you know, um, Wilson. They got uh, who, who I'm, I'm blanking. Ryan right Frazier, Brian Frazier, Harry Wilson, um, King. King. I mean, they got they got some good uh, some good attackers, and you got Ake in the back as well. I mean, you know, maybe their midfield is something that's not. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say is the best, but they have players that are capable of uh, you know, of securing at least like a mid table finish. But they've definitely been underperforming. I feel this season. Yeah, absolutely. And I I did not especially how they've been the last two seasons. They've been fun to watch. They have some good attacking pieces. I did not expect them to be down um, in the relegation zone right now. Um, but, yeah, that's – and then City beat the shit out of Aston Villa on Sunday. Uh, Jack Relish deserves better. I think um, – Aston Villa are in trouble. Uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, they haven't – they brought in Pepe Reina on loan, but he did not play in this game. He'll be there next week or this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they still have no striker um, as of yet. It, it was Grealish and I think El Ghazi up top in this game. <laughs> and uh, De Bruyne had one of the assists of the season. Um, and Jack Grealish deserves better. And I feel bad for him. Yeah, I mean, this awesome. I mean, they spent a lot of money, Austin Villa, actually. I think they, I don't know how much, I forgot how much they spent. It was upwards of over like 100 mil. Though that summer, this this summer, looking like Fulham, they're looking like uh, actually like spitting image, which again brings you back to the questions, uh, the not the question, but more of like a I would say a fact. Money doesn't buy success all the time, and especially for a team. I mean, look at QPR. Look at QPR. QPR. And it's it's such like a it's such an easy thing to like assume. Like you know, here's just a trend of teams like that get promoted from the uh, second division to the Premier League, you know, all these teams that just buy a whole new team, there's not, there's, there's actually, like, no success. I can't really remember the last time out of those three examples. QPR was an example. They did really shit when they, like, bought yeah. a whole new team. Fulham, Jesus Christ, were they bad. There's one more I'm not thinking yeah, of. and Austin Villa right now, yeah. which comes, which makes you kind of realize, you know, you kind of have to mostly trust the team you had in the second division to kind of come up big in the Premier League. Obviously, you want to make some key signings in areas where you feel like you need to strengthen, whether that be like, a, you know, if you look at your team and you say, you know what, we're not creating much, let's get a midfielder in here, maybe like a good forward, you know, but it's just like plugging in like a couple good players into that team that you already have. You don't want to really mess around with that chemistry. Yeah, it's it's definitely a mix of bringing in a few key players here and there, but keeping your core guys intact that got you to where you are uh, from last season. Um, Sheffield, prime example. But a part of it is Dean Smith, the coach for Aston Villa. I, I just don't think he's the guy. Aston Villa is a big club. Um, they should be doing better than they are. Uh, maybe not anymore now that they have those two key injuries. But, I mean, Norwich basically kept the same team as last year. They did the flip, the opposite, yeah. basically, and they're down there. So. There's not necessarily one route to success, but as we've seen in the past, buying and buying and buying guys and being the highest spending of the promoted teams never is the answer. Don't mean shit. Don't mean shit. Um, and then so finally, uh, Liverpool Spurs, which was a much closer game than I was anticipating. But yeah. we were right. They fucking parked the bus. Yeah, they parked the bus. Um, which I don't. I, I I understand. I don't blame them. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're you're missing your best striker on this team. Uh, was it? The, yeah. Harry Kane didn't play in this game. He was injured before yeah, this got, game. He, right? He's out for the season now. Oh, he's out for the season. Out yeah. for the season. Had yeah. To get a, had to get an operation. Yeah, and probably won't be at the Euros anyways either. So that that's that was that's a huge blow for for Spurs and Mourinho. Uh, 
So yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, they parked the bus. They had some looks though in the second half. I think you know, I thought that Liverpool were gonna completely just dominate them, and for the most part, I think they did. You know, the first half, I think they kind of like took care of business as far yeah. as like possession, finding some looks. But I think the second half, they opened up a little bit more, and Spurs actually, Lo Celso at the end of the game had a really good. Ch- I don't know if you saw, if you saw I, that. He, I, he had like a really. I good did chance. not get to see this game. Lo Celso had um. Had a really good chance at the end of the game. He misses it. And the look on Mourinho's face said it all. He turns around. I saw the miss. Gets, I did see the miss. Yeah, gets on his knees. And he's just like, oh, my God. So, I mean, dude, that's – I mean, I, I'm not going to, like, you know, I'm not going to ping Los Elso for it. But, you know, that's when you want your, your best players playing, you know, because yeah. they, they make those chances. They had more chances than I thought they were going to have. 14 shots, four on frame. Um, obviously, they played the counterattacking style, I'm sure. Um and probably relied a little bit on some set pieces as well, which, I mean, they kind of had their hands tied there without Kane. Um, Serge Aurier played on a wing. This academy kid, Jafet Tanganga. <laughs> you see him? He played right back. <laughs> Don't even know who that is. Um, they are much better, I think, when Davinson Sanchez is in. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, so Might need we, we've been kind of talking about how – Shaky, Alderweireld, and Vertonghen have been. I think Davinson Sanchez has probably been their most solid center back this year. I think so too. I I think he should get more looks. To be fair, I just don't think I don't I don't like that pairing of. Uh, I like I like both of them individually. I just don't like them paired together because they don't really offer a lot in terms of uh, like we talked about it a lot already in our previous podcast. But yeah. they don't offer a lot in like um, physicality in terms of athleticism. They just don't they don't offer a lot of that. They're good defenders. I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong. It's just, you know, in the Premier League, it's easy to get smoked when you got, like, your Aubameyangs running at you, you know, all these different types of speedy players. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I want to give a quick shout-out to Firmino, man. He is – I think – He fits uh, that uh, system uh, so a, well. A lot of people – I think people are now are starting to appreciate what he does for this team, but I don't think in the past a lot of people did because he's – he does get he gets you a lot of goals, not in terms of like getting the golden boot, but what he does well is he comes. He's the type of uh, center forward comes back and assists for the wingers. He's a big. He's a forward who can score and assist a lot of goals. Kind of pulls out pulls out the center backs a little bit because he when does he comes and backs and gets. It's the almost ball. like that false nine. He plays yeah, that false nine. Yeah, he does, and yeah, he doesn't play the traditional number nine, and that's why I think a lot of people don't always notice how much he can really do for their attack Um, because it really allows the pace of Salah and Mane to get in behind uh, that back line uh, and really expose him, especially when he's able to pull a center back out. Um, And when he comes into the midfield, there's also usually a mismatch in the midfield because Liverpool play with three mids and then he'll make four. Um, And it really allows them to spring their attack yeah. going forward. So he does a lot for them. Um, he's a, he'll, he'll put in big goals for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like you said, he's not going to go for the golden boot, but that's not his role. That's not his role. No, no. He, and that's okay. And that's, you know, that's okay. And uh, that's what I mean. It's like you won't see him on, like, the top, maybe, like, the top three, like, goal scorers in the Premier League. But I think he does a lot more for this team than, say, maybe even the whoever wins the golden boot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and – his game is, you know, he's a big, he's a he's a big body. I think he's over six feet. He's a big body. Yeah, knows how to shield the ball. Really good footwork. 
Um, mm-hmm. And he's pretty pacey also. So, I mean, he just – I really – any any manager would be crazy not to take him on their team. Yeah. He's such a versatile player where it's almost like, is he a striker or is he a center attacking mid in a sense just because of all, all the different – Almost like a center attacking mid that plays with his back yeah. to goal. And honestly – and I, and I'll tell you this: the other, the only other player I can really think of that does that really well is Messi. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he can, he can yeah. go anywhere. He can go field. anywhere on the field. But like you know, Messi, like you think of Messi in that center forward role, kind of like coming back, assisting, scoring. Yeah, uh, from you know, it's kind of like what I compare it to. Yeah, I don't know if there's another striker in the world that could fit into that tactical system that Firmino does. Because you know, when hypothetically when. Firmino gets injured or when he sat out games in the past and they put like Origi up there, they don't necessarily play the same way because Origi no, can't play no. that role like Firmino mm. does. No, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I can't think of another striker in the world um, who's really settled his, settled himself at a club um, like Firmino has at Liverpool that could play that role yeah. that way. So uh, they've got something special there and they'd be silly to ever let him go. Oh, yeah. And he, if he does, it'd be for a lot of money. I mean, yeah. yeah. It, won't, it won't be cheap. Absolutely. So that'll do it for last weekend's games. Um, we're not going to go – we're only going to go into the United-Liverpool game for a preview. Uh, but other games around the league, Watford-Spurs. I'm Arsenal. actually – I'm intrigued for that one. The Watford-Spurs, Watford Spurs, yeah. yeah. Given Just, the form of Watford right now. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely – if Ain't no stopping them. No, I definitely watched this game. It's at 6.30, but honestly – I wouldn't sleep on this game right now. I because it's at Wofford. Spurs have been, eh. Wofford's been really good. So I honestly, if you if you guys are up for it, I'd wake up for it. But yeah, my two cents on that. Arsenal Sheffield will be interesting. Uh, Sheffield always interesting to see how they line, uh, how they go up against uh, anyone in the league. This, honestly, this will be a big test for Arsenal too against yeah. a really defensively see, sound and team. No Aubameyang. Yeah. See if they are able to break this Sheffield back line down. Uh, Brighton, Aston Villa, huge game for yep, both yep. teams. Uh, City at home to Palace, which Palace, is, Palace beat them last year um, at home. They're like their kryptonite. Is it, are, are, Don't are, remind me. <laughs> Andrews Townsend, I'll never, that goal replays in my head of my nightmares. Um, Norwich, Bournemouth, another huge game at the bottom of the table. Uh, Southampton, Wolves, that could be an interesting game as well. Big game here too. West Ham, Everton, Yep, another big game. Uh, Newcastle, Chelsea, not going out of my way to watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, Burnley, Lesson, any game yeah. that Burnley plays, I'm probably yeah. not going to watch it. Um, and then finally, uh, Liverpool United. United are going to be probably without Rashford. Without Rashford, most likely injured his back as a substitute appearance in the FA Cup today. And honestly, I don't even think they should play him. They should they should probably rest him. I mean, yeah, this, this game is a game they're expected to lose or yeah. drop points yeah. in. Yeah, so... You know they're gonna need them for the rest of the season. I wouldn't risk them for this game. Yeah. So, um, but that's it's gonna be tough because, <laughs> like we said, man, like he's he's been their knight. He's been mine, my knight in shining armor for for yeah. as a as a fan. So we'll miss him a lot. Um, honestly, I don't, know, I don't know who's gonna score. I don't know who's gonna create. score. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who's gonna do this a lot weekend. because you got Paul Pogba's injured, McTominay's still injured. I mean, it's just. Who knows where Pog, Paul, Paul Pog is need, at this point? I don't even know. Yeah, he got surgery. I know he got surgery. He did? Yeah, he got surgery. Interesting. Um, I'm sure, I mean, I he's probably not, you know, in a rush to take it back, but um, assume, I'm assuming. Is McSauce still out? McSauce is still out. They're not coming. I think Pogba and McSauce are expected sometime mid-February. Okay. Um. So, well, 
we're gonna have probably probably have the same midfield as we did today in the FA Cup with uh Pereira or yeah. no Mata, uh, Matic and Fred. Is probably Mata scored be. today. Mata scored today. He's, How about that? Yeah, he's and he had a couple decent. assists in against Norwich actually. Yeah, so. yeah. So he's been, been play- I mean, he'd probably play because he's in good form right now. So uh, I think I'll be happy with a tie. Honestly, yeah, I, I'll be without Rashford, I don't see it happening. And given how so fucking unpredictable United are, yeah. And with McSauce out, I think McSauce was healthy for the last the flip fixture yeah, when they yeah. got a tie. Yeah, yeah. He's he's honestly been Huge. other than Rashford their most important player. Yeah. Um, biggest loss yeah. of with terms of injuries as well. I can see this going pretty comfortable for Liverpool to nothing. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Um, obviously, it's it's a rivalry. United are gonna wake up for it, but just don't have the team. No, Simple yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't really know as far as predictions. I'll I'll be more bold. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one one. I'm gonna say one one. That is super bold. But uh, anyways, I yeah. I mean, I could see it either like a most likely it'll be a loss, but I think at best we'll probably get a tie unless a miracle happens. Unless you know they. Re- Unless Fred looks like fucking Messi assisting out there, uh, Mata looks like twenty twenty eight year old Mata, and Matic looks like uh, when Chelsea won the won the league type of Matic display, then then maybe we'll have a chance. You're allowed to dream. A boy can dream. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that'll do it for the preview. Um, Bundesliga is officially back this weekend, so check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's any big games. Schalke, Mach and Gladbach will be a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a refresher for you all, Leipzig on top of the table, 37 points. Gladbach and Bayern second and third. Dortmund, Schalke fourth and fifth. Um, still pretty tight, honestly, and I'm excited for Bundesliga to be back. Um, but I think that'll – you got a, You got a quick extra touch for the listeners? Yeah, I got a, I actually got a couple, Some, a couple important ones we probably want to talk about. Uh, let me pull them up on my head of my notes. Um. So my first one is, um, I don't know if you saw this, Lee, but the AFCON, which is the African uh, Cup, of Cup of Nations tournament, will be hosted in January of 2021. So in the middle of the Premier League season and every other, obviously, every other. Every do they other always league. do that? No, no. It was in the summer, but they're, I, think they're, I think they decided to do it for 2021 the hell? in the middle of the, of, the, of the season. Well, that'll be interesting. So, so now you're looking, for example, Liverpool. Mane and Salah would be missing like five games. Yeah, at least. At least. And then Mares, if if he's still with City, which Mares has actually been in very good form lately, yeah. I've been pleasantly yeah. surprised. Mares will be out. Um, so that doesn't. Kula Bali, I could see being in the Premier League next season with hopefully City. Hmm. He'll be out. He'll be out. Um, so I don't. I don't know if I like that. I don't like. Really throw a wrench I, I, I don't that's really. Dumb. I don't like that's that. That's really dumb. Uh, so I remember. I remember last African Cup of Nations. I think. Because it was when it was over the summer, Mane I think just missed like a couple games at the beginning of the season. He didn't come to preseason tra- like yeah, the yeah, tour. Yeah, um, he was because you're you have to give the players like X amount of rest, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, fuck, dude, that's kind of stinky, a bummer. It's and no one's gonna go out of their way to fucking watch it. No, unless you're from obviously. I, yeah. You know. Um. So now it really puts a question as to like. It starts really getting into the you start really getting into this issue as like you know what's more important your club or your country in terms of the club is the one paying the check to the players yeah country I mean you still get money for playing for your country but solely your main source of income as a player 
is from the club. And yeah. as a club, do you you do want to protect your your assets when you look at it as a business? Obviously, um, you want to protect your assets and going away in the middle of the season for a tournament, you know, like this and missing five six games. You know, you never know what's gonna happen. They can get injured. Um, you know, obviously, you're missing all these big games in the middle yeah. of the season, which is arguably one of the most important times of soccer season. It's a lot. It's a lot. So. Um, I don't know how I don't really like that. To January be is a congested time as it is. Yeah, and you guys got these guys coming back. Yeah, doing all I, this traveling. I, I I don't like it at all. Yeah. Um. But anyways, my other one that I had was uh, Valverde got uh got the sack. He's out. Barca sacked his ass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was overdue for sure. I I I don't know who they're gonna replace him with. Have they replaced him? Yeah. They um. What was his name? Uh, Kike something. Uh. Kike Sanchez Flores from Watford. No, 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 <laughs> no. Uh, he doesn't. He's not no, that no, not that. Not that caliber. No, they're not. <laughs> Barca, Barcelona don't uh, don't have the money for that. I <laughs> forgot what was his what was his name, dude. Hold on, give me one second, listeners. Uh, oh, Kike Setien. Never he's, heard he's of him. He's from Spain. So he, was he coached, academy coach. No, what? no. So he coached at Las Palmas um, from 2015 to 2017. And Real Betis from 2017 to 2019. So he hasn't been working since this past summer. Huh. Um, I don't know how they found him or, or what, what the hell. I, I mean, I heard he wasn't their their first choice. I think they wanted Xavi was their first choice. Yeah. Xavi, like the, yeah, the yeah. ex-Barca player. But he felt like he, it wasn't the right time to make that jump. I, that sounds like the period when you said Los Palmos. That sounds like the period where Los Palmos got promoted. So, like, good for him. Yeah, there. yeah. But other than that, like Betis was had Betis had a good team on paper those years, but like they didn't they didn't really do much. They didn't really live up no. to the team that they had. No, no. And uh, I think I think Barca wanted to, was their choice like Poch, but he has like close ties with Espanol, so he didn't. Yeah. But so I I don't I didn't I don't know if I mean as a, I did uh, I did see fans like. Celebrating like crazy that they finally oh, yeah. sacked him. Oh up. yeah, yeah, no. I mean, he should have been sacked since uh, when they when they lost to Liverpool in the Champions League. I mean, honestly, yeah. I would have probably he probably should have been sacked when they lost to Roma. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm they, sure plenty of people wanted so, it. So so you know he went he lived he survived these two major upsets. Yeah. He survived three. I'd say three actually. So they should have definitely fired him after Liverpool because then they would have got a fresh slate. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh off season with a new coach. Yeah. And I don't know. No. Yeah. That was a dumb call. It was a dumb call. But now, like, they signed um, – not that, you know, I'm discrediting discrediting this guy that they just signed, but it's like I think after this you'd want to sign, like, a coach that you really know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I, I just – I don't know. I mean, hey, man, I mean, it'll probably work because, like, that coach – I mean, you know, the new manager bounce. But I guess we'll have to see how uh, this coach does with Barca. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. But anyways, I don't know if you had any, any other no, stuff. No, yeah, about. I wanted to keep it short uh, just – for the sake of the interview in the second half. Yeah. Uh, but thanks for listening for this half. Yep. Uh, we have our second ever guest coming on. So uh, Jerry Mancini uh, is coming on. He is a uh, Italian football writer. Um, he lives in the great white north of Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a Lazio fan. He's a Chelsea supporter as well. But he's he mainly follows Syria. He writes for World Football Index. But we'll have the details for you in the interview. So stay tuned. Yep. All right. Peace, guys. Uh, this is going to be our second ever guest on the show. We've got Jerry Mancini on the other line here. 
Uh, Jerry's currently a writer for a bunch of Syria outlets, so World Football Index, uh, Get Italian Football News, uh, Breaking the Lines. Uh, his Twitter handle is jmancini8 if you want to give him a follow. Uh, Jerry, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Not bad, you Good, good. Just uh, hanging out. Excited to get started on talking some footy, some Serie A, especially. So, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I look forward to it. And thank you for having me on. No yeah. problem, man. No problem. So, if you'd like to get into a little bit more about yourself, we kind of gave the the general breakdown of, of who you are. But uh, if you want to tell us a little bit more how what you write about, who do you support, and all that stuff for the listeners, that'd be great. So my main teams who I actually support are uh, Lazio in for City A and uh, Chelsea for EPL. I do have a soft spot for uh, Barcelona and uh, PSG in the uh, in the French league and the uh, Spanish league, but uh, those are like my lower tier teams I'll support because I love Messi and I love Mbappe. But uh, the main clubs who I do support are Lazio and Chelsea, and then. Basically, I, I just want to continue to uh, write for those two about those two teams because I, I really enjoy just learning more about the clubs I, I, I love a lot and and basically I haven't followed soccer uh, football sorry since um, back in like the 2000s and the 90s like basically the coverage for to watch football in, in basically in Canada it was it has been poor and in the past few years I've, I've basically shown my uh, my passion against since we have Dazzin over here, which allows us to uh, watch the games live now, and plus TLN has brought it back and has has like basically uh, television rights again to watch City A, whereas uh, EPL has always been on TSN and Sportsnet, which is the main uh, sports broadcast here. So, and then last year, this year, sorry, Dazzin just bought the rights for for EPL, which has been great. When I'm at work, if I miss a match, I'm able to uh, watch a replay of it. So, yeah, just in general, Chelsea and Lazio, and all my father's from Frosinone, which is uh is part of uh, in Lazio, and uh, my wife and I went to uh, we were in England for our honeymoon, and uh, we went to see a Chelsea game, and that's how it became one of my uh, favorite teams. So. Yeah, just just continue to write and uh, give people content that uh, hopefully they enjoy and like to read. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you how you became a Lazio fan and all that because I mean here in the states on state side, uh, you don't get a lot of Lazio fans. They're kind of few and far between. Um, so that's really cool. Dad's from Frosinone uh, in in the Lazio region there. Um, and then you got to see Chelsea play live. I mean, that's more than we can say. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, so you've been a Lazio fan your entire life, then I'm assu- I'm assuming. Yeah, even when uh, we, they were close to bankruptcy, and uh, basically team wasn't going well, and Claudio Latito took over. I, I've always been a firm believer that you you got to stick with the good and the bad, and you don't just become a bandwagoner and if when Juventus starts winning you you join the ship and all of a sudden they're poor you go to Inter it doesn't work like that you, to be a to be a fan of, of a club you need to ride the highs and the lows and and with 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 Chelsea the one thing that, that always turns me off since I've been a fan is that is some not all fans I don't want to be I don't want to basically see all fans in, in, in the same pool, but a lot of them overreact too quickly when they see two losses. And, and it's, a, it's a panic attack, a panic mode. 
And and then all of a sudden they see three, four wins in a row. It's like, oh, everything's fine. No, teams are going to have good seasons and bad seasons. And and Chelsea has always been alluded to winning for so many seasons. And now that the ship has gone in a different direction, fans don't know how to how to react to it. And, and it's something that they'll have to adjust to because there's going to be in the future there's going to be years where where Abramovich is not going to be there anymore. And this is going to be a club in a different direction. And then for any fan, like it, it's just it just comes. So. Yeah, I hear you on that, Chelsea. Very critical fan base. I still can't believe they got rid of uh, Conte as quickly as they did, especially after they just won him the title and all that. And now he's at Inter and he's he's killing it right yeah. now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's doing a really good job with Inter, and um, he he has he's been able to bring some players that he's he's wanted and coveted so long. He Romelu Lukaku he brought over, and I believe he's very close to getting Erickson from uh, Tottenham, which will help him a lot in the midfield. So he's been able to get some players that, that suits his 3-5-2. And uh, slowly he's, he's turning this team into a contender. I don't know for this season, but for seasons to come, yes, that will compete against Juventus. Yeah, and then another team, you know, that's really not too far off the top of the pack there in Serie A is your Lazio squad, who's, you know, been in that four to six spot for a while now in the past few seasons. Give us give us the breakdown on them this year. They've kind of been uh, one of, maybe not a surprise, but they've been having a very good season. Especially with beating Juve in the, uh, what was it? What, what cup was that where they beat them in? Supercopa Italia. Supercopa Italia. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a 3-1, I think. Uh they played a real, I mean, I watched a little bit of those highlights for that game, especially, yeah. and they, they killed it. I mean, they made Juve look a little a little silly. So they definitely, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I agree with Lee. I wouldn't say that uh, it was, it's been a surprise they're doing this well, but they've definitely been hitting the ground running every game. They've, they've been pretty consistent. Well, I, 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 for one, believe it has been a little bit of a surprise that for how well they have achieved this year, and, and I, I believe they, they've overachieved greatly because no one expected them to win 10 games in a row on beating I believe in 13 matches and and you got Chido Immobile already scoring 20 goals this year but the one thing I'm not surprised about is is the performances of Immobile, Malinkovic Savage and Luis Alberto those three specifically because in 2017-18 they had uh they had a career like very very good seasons for themselves and basically it was like their career year then they were expected to be in 2018-19 they were expected to to follow up with with another successful season and Lazio had high expectations to to make Champions League as they had missed the, the season before on a tiebreaker against Inter which came down to the last game of the season and and each player just battled through injuries and there were setbacks and Basically, Lazio fell out of the standings, didn't even finish in, in a top seven spot. And they they won the Copa Italia, which salvaged something out of their season, uh, which was uh, which was big for someone in Zaghi because he, he was pegged as uh, being fired all year. And, and there was just there were basically question marks of what his future was going to be with the club. And then when when the season ended, Juventus. And AC Milan were both rumored interested in, in in the manager, 
the Lazio manager, and basically, in the in the long run, he stuck with um, with staying with Lazio, with Lazio, and he has a great relationship with Claudio Lotito and uh, Iglitare. And this season, it's showing that he made the right decision to to stay with Lazio, and that's the only club that that he really does know in his career as he's played with them and has managed in their Primavera squad as well with the actual first first team. So it's good on him that um, that he's uh, he's basically continuing where he left last left off last year after winning the Coppa Italia, as I said earlier. And he has his team right now five points back of Juventus. I believe five points back, but um, they're 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 in a they're in a they're in a run for uh, for a, um, sorry six points back of Juventus and four points back of Inter Milan, but uh, with a game in hand. And if they were to win that game, let's we'll, we'll hypothetically say they can find themselves back one point of Inter Milan and three back of, of Juventus, and it's a three team three team race for for Scudetto, and there is still half the season to go and you have a Cherby who who has also had a good season in the back end and he's been the rock for for Lazio and this this Korea has had a, a really productive season he has six goals so far and just you, you have Felipe Caicedo who came off the bench and has scored two winning goals late into injury time so the each player is playing their, their role and their part, which is vital for this club, which has really been the, the, the key to, to winning their matches. It's not just depending on Chido Immobile to win matches, as they have in, in recent seasons. And while he has scored 20 of their goals, they, they still are gaining contribution from other players, which is really key because... To win matches, you can't just depend on one on one player solely, because if if Immobile were to pick up an injury, misses two or three games, you're going to need other players to step up in his in his uh, place. So they have done a good job in in the City A. Where while in the Europa League it was a, a disappointment, they didn't qualify out of the group stage. But in my opinion, I feel that Lazio did not want to succeed and and go further into the tournament because they're they're basically solely focusing just on the season and finally making Champions League, which they haven't done since uh, Stefano Pioli was their manager. So, and then for Coppa Italia, they, they, they started off in the right direction yesterday, beating Serie B side Cremonese, and now they face Napoli, I believe. I'm not sure if it's next week. I, I don't know when their, their schedule date is, but... Um, that's gonna be a tough match, and and I feel that Inzaghi will will still focus on the on the Copa Italia because that's something that Lazio has done really well in the past decade. That's one tournament they they've they've done well, and they've, they've won twice in the past decade: once against Roma and once against Atalanta. So we'll see how the second half of the season goes. They they won the Copa Italia last year, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yes. And on on paper, you know. Um, on paper, Lazio maybe doesn't have the squad um, player for player as Inter and Juventus has had, but how important has Inzaghi been this year to their form? Because while they may not have the squad on paper that they, uh, Inter and Juventus have, like you said, they've won, what, 10 games in a row, which 
I don't even remember the last time Lazio was gone on a streak like that um, in, in this sort of form. No, absolutely. And for Inzaghi, he's he's basically he's got his players playing in, in the formation that that he prefers a three-five-two. But what's what's more important? What's most important is that the 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 main focal point of the club, like you have, like I said, Luis Alberto. You have Sena Lulic, Marco Porolo, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, Chiro Immobile. Um, I'm not sure if I said Luis Alberto, but you you got Stefan Radu. Um, they, these players have played with each other for the past three seasons, and they've built a chemistry and continuity, and they understand each other and what their roles are, and they know how to play with each other. And and in in, in the matches against Juventus, you see how Luis Alberto and Milinkovic Savic mesh really well because they understand their roles, they understand what each player prefers and and what their advantages are and what they're able to do to succeed. So that that is very important because a lot of clubs sometimes buying players is not the best decision. Sometimes just keeping players that for a period of time is sometimes good for some clubs, which have shown with, with Lazio. And and they, they, the most important thing is that they've built this, this, this bond, this relationship where each player and the manager are fighting for each other. Last season, when, when Lazio was down one, nothing in, in a match, they, they just didn't have that fight to come back. It was, this this morale where it was just give up this give up attitude where where if we if we if we tie the match it will happen but if it doesn't it doesn't whereas this year they are fighting for Inzaghi and and if you see in some matches you see Inzaghi just run to the sideline and he jumps into the into the celebrations when they score with his players and and what that shows to me is that this is a manager who is going to fight for his players and stick up for his players and he'll do whatever it takes for them to win. So I think that is basically the main, the main thing that has really stood out to me this season is that each player fights for each other and, and they're, they're just continuing to work harder. And when you think that they're out of a match, they're not, they, they find a way to win. They've shown it against the Swolo, Cagliari. Uh, they, 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 they pulled off two impressive wins against Juventus, they, they they were, I wouldn't say fully outplayed by Napoli last weekend, this past weekend, but Immobile gets a gets a lucky break, he gets an opportunity, he scores, so they're 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 taking a they're taking advantage of their opportunities as well when it's presented to them. So to get on uh, Lazio, it, on how they're winning their games, but um, in the second half. The only thing I can say is that they, they need to continue to work hard and uh, just hopefully they avoid injuries because the depth of the squad is not the greatest. So any long-term injuries can really affect their season. Yeah, I feel like depth has always been kind of an issue for them, especially in the past five years where they've kind of been in the mix for that top six, those top six spots, but maybe an injury here or there not having – two available at some important positions, uh, two solid players available at, at multiple positions, maybe holds them back from jumping up to third place where they are right now. Um, and you had mentioned um, 
Milinkovic Savic, who, and since this window, this transfer window, yeah. has kind of been linked to somewhere other teams throughout Europe, other big leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, how long, if at all, do you see Lazio hang on to a player like him, yeah. who was a highlight at the last World Cup? I remember with Serbia. Yeah, he did really well with them. I, if I if I remember, he was um, hyped up a lot. It was it was hyped up a lot. Uh, and he's only, I mean, he's only 24 years old. Also, I think, if I'm correct on this, he 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 started with Lazio about four years ago. He started playing with them. Yeah, he uh, one of the best signings that uh, that uh, Iglitati had made. It costed them around, I believe, 18 million. So any any sale for this player is. It's large dividends and large profit for them. They they make a, a lot of money on on a sale on him. And the thing is that is it the right decision to sell him? And how long do I see him playing for Lazio? Well, firstly, if they were to qualify for Champions League, I say 100% they are not selling him this summer. He is you you would have to at least pay 150 million. And that's not my valuation. That's Latito's valuation. And Latito always values his players higher than what they really are as well. So he he's a hard man to to bargain with. He you don't you don't get any player just for a, a cheap deal with him. So and with with Savage having a, a another good season comparable to 2017-18, although he hasn't scored 12 goals, he his 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 production is has been seen and shown in different ways and you just see the way he his, his style play is and the, the ability to be a box to box type of player so i don't i don't think that he's going to go anywhere anytime soon he's said on multiple occasions that he loves lazio he wants to 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 win many trophies with this club so if if lazio is is able to feasibly keep him i don't see why they they would sell him and you see against uh juventus when he wins the super cup super Coppa italiana he kisses the, the the crest on his jersey and he 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 enjoys playing for inzaghi and i his relationship with, with the manager is strong so and he he enjoys being in rome as well so I don't see anytime soon that this is a player that's going to leave. And there's always going to be the rumors, which I don't really listen to when I hear that Juventus wants to buy him. And he, he signed that contract in the summer that with Juventus, but all these players can sign contracts. But until the, the club agrees to sell the player, that, that is the, 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 that's the, the, that's the biggest barrier that needs to be overcome. Then, like I said, with with Lotito, it's never easy. So I don't see him going anywhere soon. I don't see Luis Berto, Luis Alberto leaving, and I don't see Immobile ever leaving and for a while as well. So good on good on Lotito to, to to keep his players, his his core, and not sell them and, and show a bit of willingness to to compete and try to win. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I, I was gonna say too. I don't really see. Um, Milinkovic leaving at all unless uh, he really wants to leave and if like a club comes in with like 100 mil or more um, for um, you know to, to buy him and as far as like Mobley to uh, Immobile I, I, I wouldn't imagine I'd want to leave if I were him either I know he 
he played at Dortmund, right? Right, if, if yeah. I remember. And he didn't mm -hmm. really have a successful season there. And then after Dortmund, I think he, he went to Lazio, where he's had a lot of success. So if I were him, too, I, I wouldn't want to leave where you're finding a lot of good form. Yeah, with the trajectory that Lazio is going right now, too, like if they can really – I mean, if they have a good second half of the season and they qualify for Champions League, which they haven't, like you said, like Jerry said, in a long time, um, this club could be in a very promising position to really – and it would be in a good trajectory to really make a jump into a title contender in the next couple of years or so, which – uh, would be cool. I, I don't know Lazio's history too well, so I don't know when the last time they won a title was. But if he, if he, I'm sure he's bought into that. And if they could make some good moves in the off season going into next year, yeah. he he knows the potential that this club has. I'm sure. No, 100. percent And with with qualifying for Champions League, I I would think that. That's huge for Milinkovic Savage, being with the club since 2015-16. This is his fifth year with the club. And um, before he came to Lazio, he was with Jenk. And he he only played it in Vojvodina. So basically he's played for two other clubs for two seasons, but the bulk of his career has been with Lazio. And that, that sometimes that, that means a lot to a player because... He's always been in the Europa League, but if he finally achieves Champions League, I'm pretty sure that his mind would be set on playing with this club in, in a very dominant, prestige trophy that many would love to win. And, and for him to, to basically finally play in Champions League for Lazio would be huge for, for Savage. So, and, and, and aside from that, just making Champions League will give money to this club that is really needed for them and basically can allow them to maybe buy players and, and compete for for a few more seasons as has shown with Atalanta last season and look how they look look how they are now so something that uh, is I feel is really important for this club and if they miss out it'll be it will be disappointing especially for how strong of a first half of the season they really they, they've they've had so far yeah, absolutely. So final question for you, uh, kind of going to a, a broader perspective here. Um, on the title race that is, you could call it a three-team three title race right now, but overall, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the first half of the, C, the Serie A season so far? Um, who are you liking for the title right now, given that Inter is giving Juventus a fight this year. It's 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 nice to see someone giving yeah. uh, Juventus a run for their money. Um, and then also, if you want to touch on AC Milan's struggles and how they've had to bring in Zlatan and even Napoli's struggles, your your general thoughts of the of the season so far. Well, at the beginning of the year, I wrote an article basically saying that City uh, is basically going to have a season that many fans are going to enjoy because. In past seasons, it's always been Juventus has been so dominated. It's been one team dominated. Basically, Juventus will win the Scudetto with like nine weeks left. And this year, you have Inter Milan, who brought Antonio Conte and has been able to buy players just as Romelu Lukaku. They brought Diego Godin. And they, they've, they've added pieces to this to the squad that they have Barella um, and others that have... And Sensi as well. 
So they have looked very, uh, been very competitive this season and have given a run against Juventus. And then you have Atalanta, who has Duvan Zapata, Morial. They, 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 they've added a few players as well this summer. And they have, uh, They've started off a little slow in the first half. Not slow, but they're starting to pick it up now. And and this is a team that can make a run for top four. And Roma has has shown a new direction of a, a lot of youth. And many didn't expect them to do as well as if they have done this year, this season. And they have they have really stepped up and have been very fun to watch, very competitive. So with Gianluca Mancini coming over, you have Veritut and um, Chris Molling has been. Thank you. And Chris Molling has been, I would say, probably one of the best defenders this season. And he, in my in my mind, maybe the best defender, and and has has really came out of nowhere. Where you you, you yourself being a Manchester United fan, basically you've seen the Chris Molling and and. His time with with United, I've heard that wasn't the best. And for some players, they they're able to break out in the EPL, and and it's a much faster grinding league, whereas the Italian league is more positional, more tactical. Yeah. Very formation wise, you need to know where you, your position is. Yeah. And Chris Smalling has really shown his ability to play in the City A, and, and and I feel that this is this is a club that he should stay with. And hopefully that Roma does buy buy him for the long term, for the foreseeable future, because he's really fitting well under Paulo Fonseca. And, and another team that that has tailed off in the last four matches, but started off well as Cagliari, and and I feel that they've come down to uh, they come back to, to to earth, and they're gonna probably battle it out for the last spot for Europa League. And and problem is they're in sixth place, and they still have Milan and Napoli. Who are not far behind them in the uh, in the standings, so they're around four points back. So four, uh, four or five points back. So it's and and you asked me earlier about Napoli Milan seasons. I feel that Napoli can turn their season around, and and De Laurentiis didn't make things really easy this season about the retreat and how that went down, and then. Ancelotti wasn't able to basically get his team back, regroup them and get them into the right direction. And unfortunate for the manager to get fired, especially after winning in Champions League and, and qualifying into the next round on the round of uh, 16 in, in Champions League, which was kind of disappointing to see because I didn't like how how the, the whole situation was handled. But uh, a lot of players... A lot of bad luck for Napoli. They have been unable to to capitalize on their opportunities when has been presented to them. Malik has probably been their best player this year, scoring the bulk of their goals. But players such as Insigne has to uh, start to step up and not step up. I think he's he's been in his recent games. He's shown to play much better under Gattuso. He looks more more alive. But once he scores that first goal. In, in, in the city because he did score two two goals in uh, against Perugia in Coppa Italia, which might actually help his confidence. Never mind, but just in general, that if he, if he's able to score soon in in a match in city this can really help his confidence. 
And then for from Elon, well, they they did a very bad decision of firing or letting go of Cattuso. They should have kept him. Um, I think it was a mutual decision that that Cattuso just decided to leave. But but um, since he's been gone, it's the, it's most of the players are have returned from last season and they have not looked the same as they were under Gattuso. And it, it basically forced Milan to fire Marco Giampaolo where he has a lot of the blame to be pointed at because he didn't, he, he elected to, to start with the formation in, in preseason. And then he decides to change and go to a different formation in his first match, which made no sense to me because that just shows a sign of weakness and that trickled down into the squad. And from there, he just was changing players in different positions. And I remember one match, he had Suso as a false nine or, or behind the, the number nine. He used him as a playmaker. And basically that really did not help. It, it was really bad. So Piatic this season hasn't started really well, but um, they're hoping that bringing in uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic will will basically not only give smiles to the fans of Milan, but can bring some leadership, some some guidance, because it's a very young squad, and and I will I would take him on my on my team, even though he's 38 years old, because. He can offer. He can still play the game at, at a high level, and he'll he'll add some he'll add some scoring. But uh, at the same time, he he just provides that leadership that this team has really missed all season. So we'll see how their second half of the season goes. But he can he can really help him in the long term. Yeah, no, uh, I was I was saying that uh, we, we we always make a joke that Ibrahimovic is like fine wine. The older he gets, uh, the better he gets. So uh, we, uh, he's definitely, yeah, I, a lot of people question this uh, signing. And, you know, I didn't really have a lot of, I didn't have a problem with it just because I think Milan, um, like you kind of, like you were saying, like Milan needed that experience in their squad right now. Someone with that um, winning mentality, with that competitive edge to kind of rally the troops a little bit in that, in that uh, squad room. And uh, I, I definitely think for, for short term, Success, I think it will help Milan a lot to kind of kind of get back on their feet because God knows they really they really need to because they the, couldn't the, score any goals. They couldn't score any goals. Yeah, the, their fall from grace has been definitely hard. Um, but this uh, Ibrahimovic signing, I think, has been will will come good um, in terms of a short term success for sure. No, absolutely. And when Taylor Hernandez is tied for most goals on the team, that that tells you <laughs> yeah. a lot about. When a, when a defender is your your number one goal scorer with tied with uh, I believe with Piatek with four, it's uh it just tells you like you, you need something to, to change some change it up and and I want to I believe in the the last match they had um, Liao play on the left side with um, Zlatan in the middle and that's something that that really excites me because Liao's speed is really, really exciting to watch. He, his ball dribbling is really good, and that's something that the two may, may build the chemistry in the second half and can uh, create some uh, offense up front and maybe some goals that they really need. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, I think Milan will bounce back a little bit this year, but I think they've dug themselves just a little bit too much of a hole. Uh, but we'll see. I'd love to see. Uh, I'd love to see Inter rally and, and and win the title this year and change it up. But it's been it's been good for the league this year um, that it's been a little bit more competitive. We've seen a couple surprises like Cagliari, Atalanta continuing their form from last year and Lazio. So um, I think Serie A has definitely been um, more entertaining to at least track or watch this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's. A lot of a lot of surprises in there that we never yeah. would have thought with Milan and Napoli as far down as they are. So, uh, but yeah, thank you for your thoughts, Jerry. Um, you got any more questions for Jerry? Um, yeah, uh, I guess actually no. Yeah, I don't have not on the top of my head. I guess what I was I was gonna ask if you wanted to go back because I know we we asked online kind of um, you know any questions for the for the for the episodes and uh, I think it was kind of on uh, Milinkovic. I think one of the questions was. Um, how uh, if he would leave? If he would leave for Chelsea, or how, or what do you think about that? Uh, what do you think about that signing? Because I, I know Jerry, you're both uh, uh, Chelsea and the Lazio fan. So how would you feel about that? I don't know if he's been linked specifically to Chelsea. I don't know if that's like he's just asking, or if that's actual like transfer news. Would he be a good fit? I guess is yeah. Is is the question. I think there were rumors at times that they wanted. Savage, I know that they were they were linked to Immobile at one time, I think. I know Insigne may have been linked as well. Um, but for Savage to go there, it's, it's tough because in in the City A, it's not a very fast-paced game. And, and Savage plays a very more technical, technical type of game. Yeah. Very, very strategic. And he's not a player that runs fast up and down. Like, yeah. When you see Conte, he runs. He's able to. He's one of the best midfielders, in my opinion. But he can't stay healthy, and that's his downfall. So where where Savage can really dictate the play, really control the game when it's not going well. He can slow the pace of the game down, change it up, get his team tactically back into position. He he's very good in the box as well with his height. Ariel, he he'd help uh, Chelsea on on corner kicks, set plays. He, that that's where he's really good at because, like I said, his height gives him an advantage. And when he he goes for a header, say he, he has a, a reach that that allows him to to get to the ball first. And he's very good, very positional as well. So I do see that Savage could help Chelsea. He would give them a different element in the midfield. Um, just don't know if the if the speed of the game would would suit him. I just find that the City A at the moment just suits him more. And under a three five two, it's very um, it's very offensive and very very more relies on him to to, to move the ball right. And, and with Inzaghi, he's he's played behind Alberto at times and, and in front of him as well. So it, it all depends how, how Lampard will use him. But I could see him benefiting Chelsea if he did go there. Yeah, I think he could kind of fit into that little bit more creative, higher up the field role in the midfield that they really don't have right now. They've kind of been using Mason Mount there, but he's still young and he's 
you know, he, he's a little bit inconsistent still. So I think he could be a good fit if he actually is linked. Um, I think that would be an interesting move to see yeah. him in the Premier League one day. Chelsea got a lot of money to spend too right now without those uh, transfer windows. Oh, they haven't been able to make a yeah. signing. Right, right. So, right. so they definitely got. I mean, they they got money to spend now. Whether they spend it on Linkovic or someone else, will I guess we'll have to see, right? But um, yeah, I think that was the only that was the only question, open-ended question we had. So I don't know, Jerry, if you wanted to add anything else before we before we go. But uh, again, we just wanted we really appreciate uh, having you on the podcast. Definitely having a little bit of Serie A um, knowledge as well, since me and Lee don't know as much about it as you do. But we appreciate you having on here, giving your two cents on the league. Um, you know, Lazio, uh, Juventus, Inter, like all those top teams are now battling out for that number one position. But um, also, uh, I don't know, Lee, you want to give the fans one more time his, uh, his Twitter handle and all that kind of stuff if they want to, want to follow him. Yeah. If you guys want to go follow him, uh, it's J Mancini eight. Um, he's got quite a few articles, um, on the various different blogging sites that he, uh, that he writes for. Um, if you guys are into Syria, you can go check those out. Um, he's got a lot on Lotsu and the league in general. Um, but yeah, if you want to give a quick plug for yourself, Jerry, you can go right ahead as well. <laughs> uh, I'm just basically got some uh, articles coming out with World Football Index. I have some work with Laziale as well. Just basically keeping myself busy. Busy. I wrote some Lazio pieces, and I uh, I have a, a podcast show as well. I mainly about Serie A, the play-by-play pod one with uh, Sabrina Balmonte. And, uh, yeah, just keeping myself, like I said, and then hopefully trying to get in with the TFC media this summer with uh, World Football Index. So, a lot, lot on the go. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, maybe we'll have to have you on once more, uh, maybe towards the end of the season to give a final season review there. Uh, but thanks, for everyone, for listening. Uh, that'll wrap up this episode. Once again, you can go follow Jerry at jmancini8. Uh, and go follow us as well at golden underscore goal P-O-D. Uh, and thanks for listening.